you know, as we were, uh, as, as, uh, well, as Jason had, was mentioning about the names of the Lord, I'm just going to mention a few. Uh, I have, a, I have a, a pamphlet here that says uh, the names of Jesus is what it has on it. And he's the Almighty. He's the author and finisher. He's the beloved. He's the branch. He's the bread of life. He's the bridegroom. He's the bright and morning star. He's the carpenter. He's the chosen one. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the door. He's Emmanuel. He is eternal father. He is the faithful and true witness. He is the firstborn. He is God. He is the head of the church. He is the high priest. He is the holy one. He is our hope. He is, the he is the image of the invisible God. His name is Jesus. He's the judge. He's the ruler. He's the king of kings. He's the lamb of God. He's the last Adam. He's the light of the world. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the living water. He is the Lord of lords. He is a man of sorrows. He is master. He is messenger of the covenant. He is Messiah. He is Prince of Peace. He is a prophet. He's the Redeemer. He's the resurrection and the life. He is Savior. He is Shepherd. He is Shiloh. He is Son of God. He is the true vine. He is the way and the truth and the life. He is the wisdom of God. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the word. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Rohai. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Shama. He is Jehovah Sitkenu. His name is Jesus. 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 So I want to welcome you to the banquet today. Amen. This is a banquet today. Hallelujah. Jesus offers us his very best. This world wants to keep us in captivity and in bondage. But Jesus offers us his very best. <laughs> I tell you, like I said earlier, we all have a testimony. You know, whenever my faith starts to dwindle a little bit or get a little bit weak, I remember where God pulled me out of, and I remember those ugly places, and I remember the, the, how, how far I was from the Lord and, and how close I was to the enemy at the time, how close I was to Satan because I was following all his ways, and I remember that the Lord just reached down and revealed himself to me. He stopped me in my tracks. He said, that's enough. He came in in a loving way that changed my life. He came in and loved me all the way to the cross. And I knelt down at the cross. And I gave my life to him and I felt so unworthy. I felt that if I walked through the church doors that the church would collapse. I thought I was dirty. I thought I was filthy. But I'm telling you that God is restoring today and he's renewing. And he's reminding you of his goodness. 
None of us deserve what God has given us. But because of the cross and the precious blood that was shed for us on that cross, we have been redeemed. We have been purchased with a price. With a price, we have been set apart. We have been chosen. We have been called. We have been anointed and appointed. We have been empowered. We've been given authority. What are you doing with your salvation today? The Lord gave me a few scriptures um, last week. I got to finish what, what, what he gave me. But, you know, I was talking two weeks ago, I think it was, and I, and, and I said this. And I said, you know, I, I, uh, a vaccine is coming. And obviously it was announced, I think, this week that a vaccine is coming. And, and they, what I understand, it's 90% effective. And, and uh, well, what I did say is this, I'm not worried about a vaccine, but I'm worried about tracking. This week as I watched the news and, and, and my wife had, had pointed it out that, uh, how many of you have heard of Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster sells tickets to some of the biggest events that take place. And Ticketmaster announced that after the beginning of the year, that nobody would be able to get into any of their, uh, of whatever they're promoting unless they can prove that they had a vaccine. So the reason I'm saying that is because God gives revelation and then things happen. That's what, these, that's what this word is all about. So we know that there will be others that follow. So for us, you know, whatever that means to us, it means to us. But I know that this is our time, and like I said earlier, God does not forget about the vision that he places within our hearts about the God dream. How many of you have a God dream? How, what, what is going on? Some of you have to pull out that God dream and dust it off. And, and remember about what that God dream is. Remember about what that vision is. And set yourself aside and, 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 and rebuke religion out of your life. In order so that you could move forward in the God dream that, that he already has. Man, he, it's already finished as far as he's concerned. But some of us haven't even started it. So we have a responsibility to that God dream. And I'm not going to forget that vision. I know, I know that there's something that lies ahead. I don't want to freak out with what goes on in society. Because there are things that are, that are taking place. There are things that are happening. Uh, a little earlier, uh, I, I, was, I quoted this scripture, but it says, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and stars. On the, uh, on the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. <laughs> I'm focused on where I'm headed and the things of the Lord. And I hope that you don't you lose focus. And, and I hope to see what God is doing. Because I already see the finished product. That's what vision is. 
How many you see the finished product? It might outlive you. It might outlast you. It's something that can be lost. It's something that can be forgotten about. It's something that can be forsaken. It's something that can be pushed aside. But if you see a vision and you see it fulfilled, it's something that you're going to strive for. It's something that you won't let go of. It's something that will pull you through those hard times. It's something that will pull you through those battles. It's something that will help those open wounds to heal into scars. It's something that will bring order into your house. It's something that will give you authority and anointing. It's something that will give you a holy determination. It's something that will lead you and guide you and pull you. It'll poke you and it'll prod you. And it'll never let you get away from it if you apprehend it and grab a hold of it and let it go and never let it go. The problem is some have let go of that vision. Our vision is in heaven. <laughs> That's just a, a byproduct of fulfilling the vision. Some of us get a mistake and think that our vision is, oh, I'm headed to heaven. No. Heaven is just something that comes through the obedience of you fulfilling the vision. Even as difficult as it can get. So I'm going to read what the Lord gave me. Let's go to the book of uh, Isaiah. Does anybody need a Bible? We have Bibles. Anybody need a Bible? Raise your hand. So uh, it's important to me to, uh, you know, to talk about the times that we live in and, and as it relates to where we're at and as it relates to us as a church and us as a people. Uh, it's just important to be relevant in these times because of the fact that uh, no matter what, we're headed somewhere. But the Lord reminded me of something last week, and it's in uh, Isaiah 14. See, I want to have a healthy perspective of really who my enemy is. That way he doesn't blindside me, blindside me and surprise me. Because I'll tell you, it's easy to fall under the control of the enemy. Remember, we talked about it last week. Instead of an altar of, of repentance and, and really a, 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 an altar of, of, of godliness and, and holiness, an altar that has been set apart, we can make other things in our lives altars. So we gotta, we got to understand and we got to keep a healthy perspective because the enemy can pull us away from the God vision and the God dream. But it's important that I remember who my enemy is. And the word of God in uh, verse 12 says, How thou art fallen from heaven, O, Lu o Lucifer, son of the morning. How thou art cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations. So, here, God is, is, is reminding us that, that, that Satan has uh, began his um, uh, descending a, a long, long time ago. He, he began a, a downward spiral. And I want to tell you that, that your enemy wants to pull you down into a downward spiral away from the heights that God has brought you up to. And he wants to continue to take you down and down and down and down and down. And that's the way Satan works. 
And he says that he brought him to, down to the nations. And that's where he rules. And that's where he comes in and brings in all of the confusion and all of the uh, uh, plagues and, and everything that tries to draw us away from the Lord. The things that, 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 that want to pull us away from the truth. So he uh, he's, continues on that downward spiral and he wants to take us down with him. He says... For thou hast said, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides, in the sides of the north. See, he wants us to worship him through our disobedience to the Lord. Disobedience to God is worship to Satan. Disobedience to the truth is worship to Satan. And, and that's what Satan wants to do to us. He wants to pull us down from that high place. He says uh, uh, in the book of Ephesians that we are seated in heavenly realms. God has seated us in a place of righteousness. He said, I will ascend above the, above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. To the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake the kingdoms? Huh? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? So what this says is, is through all this destruction that the enemy is bringing and, and all, everything that's going on around us, we look around and, and, and we look around in, in, in fear maybe or, or maybe in paranoia or, or, or sometimes the enemy wants to isolate us. And he wants to make us think, oh, you've messed up or, you've, or this has taken place. Where's your God now? How come your God didn't protect you from this? How come your God didn't do that? How come he hasn't carried you through this? I thought your God had promises for you. But I'm telling you right now that God will see us through. It's not guaranteed that we won't go through trials. It's not. We got to look at them as just merely school. Testing. Tests. I was looking on the internet uh, the other day, and I didn't hear the message, but there was a, 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 a minister, and, and on, uh, the heading on his message was, what test? I didn't know there was going to be a test. I took a class not too long ago with a couple of you that are in, in here. You know what class I'm talking about, but, you know, we went through this class really, really well. My wife was in the class, and, and man, she was, I think I mentioned before that she was like, you know, she becomes like the teacher's pet very easily. I don't know. I think it's because she goes the extra miles. Some of us just want to get through it. You know, and, and, and I hope that, 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 that my just wanting to get through that class, you know, isn't an indication of how I'm wanting to get through my Christianity. Offering the bare minimum. But uh, as, as we were taking this class and, and, and we reached... Uh, like the end of the class, and and, uh, and 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 we're you know we reached the last day. We were sitting in class, and I knew there was going to be a test at one point, 
But, I mean, I hadn't studied like, uh, you know, uh, somebody. But, uh, you know, I hadn't really been, you know, I mean, we went through the classes. We read whatever. But she went above and beyond the extra. She, you know, to the point that she told the teacher one day, oh, well, I, re I read this whole book already. And he said, really, even though you were supposed to do that, nobody does that in this class. And so I, I, I'm one that believes we need to go maybe the extra mile in, in, in the things of God. And may, in this class, it's because I didn't think it was very important for me to, to, to go through some of this stuff. But then we were at the last class, you know, we, I was already yawning. Of course, it was getting close to nine-ish when I started yawning. But, and then all of a sudden he says, oh, do you want to take the test now? What test? And he said, and then he said, okay, okay, the, the test is open book. And so, so, so it went smooth. Everybody got an A, except Sandy got an A+. Plus. But anyways... What if this is merely a test? What if this is merely a test for the church? How, how, how would we stand up? I mean, are, are, are we, are, you know, are we saying what we said we do? Well, well we're in isolation. I mean, we're going into two weeks of whatever, you know. Or, or, oh, well, we'll pray more. We'll seek the Lord more. We'll get, it, we'll get into the word more. But then Cinemax comes with that special of, Trying to hook you so they give you free movies for uh, 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 two weeks that you're off. Oh, well, hmm. I think I'll watch a movie instead of what, read my Bible. Uh, instead of praying, maybe I'll, you know what, man, something needs to be done in the house. This needs to happen. See, this is a test. How refined we come back, come out of this is going to be really, uh, uh, you know, going to see who wins and who loses. It's, it's, it's a testing of uh, the true church and the false church. The, the, the true church is going gonna, is gonna to come through uh, in, in flying colors because they will have obeyed orders from headquarters. They, they will be attentive to the Lord. They'll be receiving a, a word from God instead of uh, just sitting and waiting for, for something to happen. They'll be pressing in and desiring to find God through whatever's going on. And they'll be reassured only by the rhema word that comes from the Lord. So uh, uh, the false church, uh, the Bible says, will be a, a, a harlot. They will prostitute themselves to the world or the things of this world. Denying the, uh, the, the, the refining that should be taking place within a Christian's heart and within a Christian's life at this point. So, uh, uh, so I know my enemy and I know, and I'm going to say, okay, is that the one that stole uh, the vision that God had for my life from me? Is he the one that presented me with this Maybe a relationship, maybe it was uh, 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 material, uh, materialism, maybe it was something that kept distracting me away from what God had rightfully set apart for me. That, that we're going to look at the devil and say, is that the one that stole from me all those years? 
Man, he just looks like the size of a cigarette butt. What? You can take that for whatever it's worth. Is that the one because of pride? Because I didn't like somebody in the church, I stopped doing things? Because correction was brought to me, I stopped doing what I needed to do? Because nobody was helping out, I stopped what I needed to do? Is that the one that stole it from me? And gave it, and, and God gave it to somebody else? Is he, is he the one that stole my future from me? Is he the one that, 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 that had me bound to uh, drugs for years and years and years? That, that thing right there? Because we know that God has cast him to a, a lowly place. He's uh, a low life. <laughs> I was a low life before. He's a low life. I, I, I found, I found my, my comfort in hanging out with, with everybody else. I was a low life. Now I find my comfort with hanging out with all the saints, the redeemed, those that have been set apart, those that God has risen up for such a time as this. Let me read you the other scripture that he gave me. That's good news, amen. So right now, the Lord gave me a word, betrothal, it means to be betrothed, it means that there is, a, a, in, in Jesus' time or whatever, they, uh, what betrothal meant, we saw it with Mary and Joseph, it was really, uh, the way they did it back then is not the way that we do it right now. Whenever somebody was going to get married, there was going to be like, uh, there was a, a, a contract that was really made between two families. And, and it wasn't that, that you fall in love or you fall out of love or you call it quits because of this or because of that. They didn't even really know each other. The contract would be made before they even came of age. So this, co this contract was, was made between the two families, and, and once that contract was made, there would be preparation, and then part of that preparation was the betrothal. That, that's why it, it's, it's so strange to me that, you know, even the church anymore, and I'm not, you know, I'm not condemning anybody that's been through this, but even, you know, as divorce has, has impacted the church, it's not about being in or out of love. It's a, it's a matter of being obedient to God. It takes work. Everything takes work. And through it all, God will, will, will bring adjustment and he'll, he'll do whatever he needs to do through, through these things. And I'm telling you that adjustment is not easy. What time is it? Don't look. Is it 15 after 11? Please. What's the real time? 12.15, okay. That's why I was afraid you were going to say that, but it's, truth is very important. <laughs> I just wish you would have lied to me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because I got a lot to say, amen. So, 
everything, man, your salvation is going to take a work. It says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. See, the, the, the problem before COVID was that the church didn't have no fear or trembling with their salvation. The church had taken it for granted. I'm heaven bound. That's my vision. God's kingdom? What is that? That doesn't matter to me. I'm headed for heaven. But God's kingdom matters to him. So through this uh, uh, betrothal period is after the contract and years or whatever have gone by and the promise has been made or whatever, then, then, then the two individuals enter into this place. It's like, uh, it's the same as being married, but it's like a, a pre-marriage. There's no, hasn't been consummated yet, uh, uh, and we won't get into that, but, but it, it's at a place where there's a preparation taking place. The bride and the groom have both set themselves apart, and, and, and they've set themselves apart to be true to one another, They've set themselves apart to, to prepare for when that banquet takes place. And, and uh, so right now, I want to tell you that the church is in the place of, be, of, be, of being betrothed to Jesus. It's a, it's a betrothal time. Some of the church may be in love with Jesus. Some of, it might, some of them might not. But it's a commitment that's made through, um, uh, uh, through, through that initial uh, 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 prayer or that uh, initial time when you give yourself to the Lord uh, uh, through salvation. But uh, the evidence of how in love one is with the Lord is going to always come out in how much time you spend uh, uh, with the Lord, how much time you spend preparing Getting ready, finding out what he cares about so that you can care about that. Uh, what is your priority? What is my priority? So basically, even the word, you know, even in the word, it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe I better not go there. So it's, in, it's at a place of preparation. So we're, right, we're there right now. So I, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to make a statement a lot of the church has fallen out of love with Jesus. So, how? Because it's evident. I have conversations with Christians that, that, that Jesus never really comes up unless I bring it up. Or bring him up. And, and what dominates conversations is everything else. And if you find yourself in that place, then you've drifted away and you're on the verge of falling out of love or maybe you've never even tasted that love. But the Bible says that those that have forgiven much will love much. So when you know how bad you were of a sinner... And it doesn't mean you did worse. At least I didn't do what they did. No. It's understanding that your own righteousness is as filthy rags. Doesn't matter what you did or didn't do. 
doesn't matter if you drank or didn't drink. It doesn't matter if you drugged. It doesn't matter if you gave yourself over to things. That doesn't matter. Realizing that you were separated from the Lord. That's what matters. Otherwise, your own righteousness gets in the way. I better read this and then I'll stop. So, this is the expectation. And I'm going to read it to you, then I'll give you the scripture later. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So, Jesus, the refining that's taking place, and, and really, as God is purifying his bride through all this, and as the testing is coming, he's saying, church, submit to God. Church, submit to God. You've been betrothed to him already. Submit to him. Come under him. Follow his, uh, uh, follow his truth. Follow his calling. Follow his, his promises. Uh, uh, follow his correction. Submit to him completely and totally. Not on your own terms. Christians are too busy serving God on their own terms. Reserving the right to hold on to this and hold on to that, but I'll give God this. This is not a bartering thing. Uh, the kingdom of God is not the United States of America where we could choose to be rebellious against the authority. Uh, serving the Lord is coming under total submission to his lordship. And total surrender to his word and to his truth and to his calling and to his vision. And he said, for the husband is the head of the wife. That's Jesus. See, sometimes we treat Jesus like we're the head of him. So we want him to jump through hoops for us in certain things. And, you know, we, oh, well, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for, you know, I'm already saying it. I've been a Christian for 23 years. You know what I mean? That's, after a while, you, you're wearing your Christianity on your sleeve on the amount of time you've been serving the Lord. But yet, your Christianity has dwindled into things that you're doing things that you would have never done when you would have first gave your life to the Lord. For husband is that we don't treat, we don't treat him, we disrespect Jesus as the head of the wife as Christ. Okay. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. You see, I want to tell you right now that we have rights to everything that, 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 everything that Jesus is, all, all of the promises, every spiritual gift right now as being betrothed to Jesus. We have a right to everything that he has. We have a key to everything, I mean, it's like if, you know, Sandy got home after work or whatever. And, uh, and she calls me. Well, the door's locked. Well, I'll be there to open it for you in a while. Because she doesn't have a key. See, that's not the way it is. See, Sandy has a key because it's my house and it's her house. We have a key. Because it's Jesus' house, and this is his, and, this, and we are his bride. The thing is, in order to unlock the promises, there needs to be obedience and submission. 
So that, that, that's, where, that's where we're at right now as a church. Amen. Um, of the body of which he is the Savior. Now as the, chur- now as the church submits, somebody say you submit to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Okay. So uh, what does that mean? Let's see, find Isaiah 61.1, I think it is, Pastor. What, what, what does that mean? So there's a, a mutual submission. Our submission to the Lord is this, because he says submit one to another. And, and our, our, our submission to him is this, is, okay, we're submitting to him, and he's, he'll, he'll pour out, uh, you know, we come under him, and, and him submitting to us is he'll pour out all who he is upon us. So there's a mutual submission. What does it say? The, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. And they will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Those are the rights we have. That's, that's Jesus submitting to the church. That's him giving us everything that, that, that we need in order to be like when he talks about these trees, the oaks, they were the strongest trees. They were strong. They, they couldn't be shaken and they couldn't be moved. Why is the church being moved or shaken right now? He's given us everything that we need. This is our time. Husband, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And that, remember, uh, they were, the the, uh, husband and wife, though they were betrothed, they didn't know. They hadn't fallen into love. They hadn't fallen out of love. That's why he says, husbands, love your wives. But he's saying Jesus is loving his church. He loves us enough to give of himself. Who am I to reject what God is doing right now? Just because it's uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but these are some uncomfortable times. It's uncomfortable wearing those masks. But, I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying, but you're, we're wearing them. Some, we go to stores, we're wearing them. We're, it, it's, it, it's uncomfortable. I can't breathe that great. Already, you know, I can't breathe that good anyway. But once I have that in there, only because, uh, well, anyways. I breathe just fine. But it's less breathing with that. So he gave himself up to her to make her a whole to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word. That's what's happening right now. The word's washing us. You know, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. By but holy and blameless and blameless. Look, washing. 
I felt, you know, I was like Jason. I felt just an uneasiness in here. Everybody looks pretty relaxed and at home right now because Jesus is here. But we came in here, some of us, uneasy, you know, uncomfortable, uh, you know, just uh, maybe scared, maybe whatever. But now we're comforted, comforted as the bride of Christ. So these are the times that we're living in. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of testing. How are you doing on the test? How's that test working out for you right now? <laughs> a self-given A. That's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, I get an A plus plus. Yeah, we're, we're struggling on certain parts of the test. Honestly, as you know, I, I mean, we have an A on parts of it. But, I mean, you know, we're struggling on other parts of it. Let's get, let's get a song up, please. I'll do the altar call. So there's different struggles in this test. We didn't know it was a test. We thought it was just life. I've told you before that the church is not going to go into heaven limping and crawling and we're going to go in radiant and shining. But remember, there's the true church. Hello. And there's the false church. The false church is given to everything else in this world. All the things that satisfy the flesh. And the true church has given themselves over to truth and the word of God because they want to be washed and cleansed. So let's bow our heads.